I am your father. This is a Brandon Colby Jacobs from Facebook exclusive. And you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984. Touche, my nigga. Touche. Yo, what it do, what it is, man. It's your boy, Brandon Kobe Jacobs, and you are listening to the Established 1984 podcast, man. And on this episode, it is, uh, we riding solo on this episode mainly because, um, there's a couple of things that I wanted to get off my chest, a couple of points of view that I had that, um, you know, I, let me say this. I don't approach this podcast like, oh, because something happened, I'm obligated to speak on it immediately as it happens and give you my raw, pure, unadulterated point of view without any filter whatsoever. Um, I don't feel like that's necessary because what I also believe is sometimes it's better to remain silent um, or sometimes it's better to wait and respond and give a more mature and articulate point of view uh that 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 has some level of objectivity i guess you know without compromising maybe how you view things but at the same time you know you you give yourself a, a bit of an opportunity to think it through a little deeper and thing like that and things like that now um covering a couple of topics uh my first topic is uh the comments made by little duval regarding what he would do if a transgender woman did not disclose her previous gender prior to engaging in sexual intercourse with them that ain't a girl i met a boy that means i met a boy after four months she told you I had sex and then after we're not having sex <laughs> we're not having sex yes, after four months you had sex and she said Duval, this might sound messed up and I don't care that. she dying I, I can't deal with that I can't do that no you dog you, do that. you manipulated me to believe in this thing my mind I'm I can't I can't I'm gay I now. do think I'm, I'm gay no no I do agree that you are taking away a person's power of choice. Yeah. When you don't tell them up front. That's why when Janet Mock was there, she said she tells There should be all, some type of repercussions for that if you do you that to somebody. You should go to jail or something. Something. Some like, charges be pressed. So Janet been, until was then, I'm going to have my own repercussions. So. When Janet Mock was there, she said she tells all her partners. She didn't tell the first one. Who? Janet Mock. She's Who is a, that? A transgender activist. Oh, I beautiful, didn't know that. Beautiful person. Okay. But you can't go around killing transgenders. I'm not going to kill transgenders. I'm not, I didn't say, see, here you go trying to flip my words. I didn't say I'm going to kill transgenders. I said, if one did that to me. If you had sex with one and then they didn't And they didn't tell me, I'm going to be so mad, I'm probably going to want to kill them. Man, um, the first thing that I'll say is this, is that um, I've had uh, several conversations with several friends about, um, even my point of view as it relates to the transgender community, because it's not something that I fully understand um, that I have a complete concept of. I do have a point of view as it relates to, uh, you know, I guess you would say my perspective as it relates to what defines gender and um, and things like that. But what I think is most important, even before I give my point of view, is that what what we have to understand on both sides is everybody is entitled to exist. That being said, 
everybody is also entitled to have their own point of view on on this sort of topic. And what I mean when I say that is, is that you can exist in a world where you say, you know what? I respect the fact that uh, members of the transgender, uh, gay, straight, lesbian, uh, bisexual community have the right to exist. However, that's not a lifestyle I wish to uh, I wish to indulge in. Um, and it's not something that, you know, based on my moral compass, religious compass or whatever the case might be that I agree with. And having that point of view doesn't make you a bigot and doesn't make you a hater. It's like, yo, I'm straight. I like guys. or I like girls. If you're a girl, you say I like, you know, if you're a girl, you like guys. If you're a guy, you like girls. And, and that's what you believe to be the uh, the appropriate approach to, uh, to you know, gender interactions and, and you know, it's how you view the lens of of gender definition. Um, and I think that oftentimes when other people choose to make a particular life choice, be that because, uh, you know, the social circumstances that take place in their life or they maybe honestly legitimately feel that they've always been a different gender. And then now with science and technology and surgical developments there they have the capacity to um adjust their gender accordingly uh with hormones with surgeries and things like that you're you're entitled to make those life choices but you also can't force someone else to conform to your perspective on gender roles and and alter their perspective on gender definition that also being said all of those things can be true and we can respect each other. I don't think that um I don't think that I would have an issue with hanging out with someone who is either in the middle of a transi- uh, transition or, you know, is post their their transition experience. That being said, I mean, I I do agree with little Duval Pern from the perspective that I I would not knowingly date uh, a transgender woman. Um, I would prefer to know ahead of time that if I was pursuing someone, I would prefer to know if that woman was, was transgender. Um, I think that we also, as a, as a society in general, need to have a certain level of perspective about who's presenting a narrative and how to digest information. And what I mean when I say that is you cannot expect a comedian to necessarily be politically correct in delivering a message regarding social, gender, racial issues. So when I heard what Little Duval said when he made the comment about, you know, look, man, I'm going to keep it a book. I know if some people ain't going to like it, but, uh, you know, some shit like that happened to me. She gonna have to die. On some street shit, I knew what he meant. Like I knew, I I knew, and I think Charlemagne even uh, even addressed this as well. More so than anything, what that really was about, and really the way that was delivered is for him and for the demographic that he is a comedian of. 
that was on a certain level delivered for laughs, but probably had a certain level of truth as it relates to how he would feel if that was something that he found out and his react that would be his reaction in the heat of the moment. I don't think that, um, well, maybe I could be wrong because I understand that there are statistics out there and people take this very seriously. Um, I was reading an article where, where is it? It says that, um, that a young that while uh, the chance that a young adult being murdered is one in twelve thousand, the probability increases to one in twenty six hundred for young black transgender women. Um, what I what I will say is is that you know knowing uh, Roland, uh, knowing Duval, Lil Duval, um, coming from the same city that he came from, I can see that kind of emotional reaction. If a person was caught off guard and I had this conversation with someone else where, you know, we, we began to, you know, I was, I was speaking to a young lady about this very same topic as it relates to Duval. And I said, uh, you know, I, I can't say that I would not be extremely angry. Um, you know, if a transgender woman engaged in sexual, sexual intercourse with me and didn't disclose, you know, who she was prior to, uh, you know, hormone adjustment and and any in any surgeries and things like that because i feel like you know like charlamagne said you're taking my right to make a choice away from me by not disclosing pertinent information to me um that being said i mean uh kill that's that's a very strong word but i took it more from the lens of him being a, a comedian and on a certain level Searching for laughs, even in a serious conversation, which comedians are known to do, um, you know, the, their mind and the way that they structure the appropriateness of delivering information is drastically different than I think the rest of the world might do things. But I, I did not take him literally. And I didn't think that I think that as educated people, whether that's a member of the transgender community, whether that's a member of the straight community, just educated people in general have to have the capacity to be able to look at something and be like i know what that person means and i know how to not take this literally not to mention the fact that duval is like 138 pounds soaking wet who the fuck he gonna kill <laughs> like i mean let's just you know i i didn't take it that way i also am mindful of the fact that i believe he has a uh i believe he has a gay sister um so i think he's even in being a comedian and sometimes not necessarily being politically correct or tactful in how he delivers information, I think he is sensitive and considerate to uh, members of the LGBT community. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, he says shit like his gay ass sister, but I think that that is a byproduct more of his approach to communication, which stems out of comedy, jokes, things like that, than anything else. Um, I guess you can debate whether or not you find what he said to be appropriate or not. But I, I think that I think that we live in a world where we're where we're too hypersensitive. And there are so many different segments at this point, you know, whereas at one point, you know, it, you know, it, it breaks itself down from American to black American to Caribbean American to Latino American to Hispanic American, you know, like everybody's broken down into these different groups. And we've gotten to a point to where where groups were were once uh, based on culture 
and and race more than anything else now we're breaking them down to a deeper level when we start including transgender and it's something that i think a lot of people don't understand um you know the whole concept that someone could be born a certain gender view themselves as another gender go through the process of surgery um transforming themselves into another gender even though they were originally born and have a birth certificate with one gender and we as society are now supposed to accept them under the gender that they now have decided that they are that that's when you when you start when you really think about it and talk that whole process through as complicated as i'm sure it is for the person going through that transition and through that experience and by no stretch of the imagination do i want to lack a level of sensitivity to that but for for the rest of society to adjust to that it's got to be tremendously difficult on on that side too i i do have my personal belief i am uh you know a heterosexual man i like women and you know i i have no desire to engage in you know non-traditional um romantic relationships meaning that i would prefer to not be misled into thinking that the person that i'm engaging in a romantic relationship uh, is not only a woman currently but has always been a woman that is that is what i'm looking for and i would be angry hurt frustrated and very emotional if I was misled in that way so I can understand why other people would feel feel that same way as well um so that's my that's my take on that particular topic I, I'm sure I'm gonna get some some hate mail and some kickbacks and oh you you hate the transgender community you know um I don't want to get into the you know the, you know the same sort of conversations that uh white folks get into when they uh when they are trying to give their point of view on black issues and then they make a stupid ass comment like, you know, my, uh, I got friends who are black, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, you just got to roll your eyes at that. But, um, you can go through my history and you can, you, if you know anything about me as a person, if you know anything about me as, as it relates to my history, you know, um, you know, I do have a family that live in the LGBT community. Um, I do have a, a cousin who has been, you know, gay most of my life, um, and chooses to dress, you know, like a, uh, chooses to dress like a woman. Um, this is in a world before all of this surgery stuff was really a possibility. Um, so he obviously never did any of that. And, um, you know, he's still a man, but dresses like a woman and views himself as such. And, you know. I, I've always respected his right to to choose to do that. I ain't never, you know, where some people might be like, "Yo, don't come to Thanksgiving dressed like that." I don't care what you come to. Look, you still family. I mean, to me, you always, you know, who you always been. But I, I just never tripped off of it because I mean, like, you know, I'm not engaging in any romantic or sexual acts, you know, with this person, so it ain't never bothered me what they choose to do. You know what I'm saying? The only time that, that you know, I, I, I try to abstain from giving my point of view, you know, more often than not, because, I, you know, I'm not trying to have nobody think that I hate anybody. You know what I'm saying? So you just kind of try to, 
you know, stay away from it all. But I, I, you know, I run a podcast. I post it on Facebook. You know, some stuff that I knew I had thoughts about, but I hadn't really spoken on because you're just so afraid to say anything because for you to give your point of view, essentially, people live. live we live in a world now where. You know, people take a sound clip and, and then they define absolutely who you are as a person because you have a certain point of view on stuff. You know, like like the whole concept that that just because a person is a Republican now, suddenly they're a coon. You know, I, I you know, I, that's absurd to me. You know what I'm saying? Um, I do feel like when things happen and um, they are a byproduct of a lot of extreme views from the right that um you know members of 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 the the republican community who know things are wrong don't need to stand by and pretend like they don't know something's wrong no stand up and say that your party is wrong for what they're doing and the left should be responsible in that same regard and should be willing and able to do the same thing as well so that's my point of view on this transgender topic you move on to another topic now um talking about we're gonna cover two topics in one colin kaepernick and him not being hired and beast mode uh sitting and and its overall reception um i mean nobody needs to for me to give them the background on the current status with with colin kaepernick i think we all have uh have seen what's going on um you know, have a point of view on it and things like that. Um, what I'll say is this, is that if you are under the impression that Colin Kaepernick is not currently signed because he is not better than any, uh, any quarterback that is currently on a roster, that's absurd. That 100% is absurd. And this is what I want you to keep in mind. Simple math, guys. There are 32 teams. Every team is carrying at least three quarterbacks. That is 96 quarterbacks. You mean to tell me, let's go ahead and take the 32 starting quarterbacks away. So you mean to tell me that there are 64 quarterbacks in the National Football League better than Colin Kaepernick? That's what you're telling me. You're telling me that all of the quarterbacks on the Cleveland Browns, uh, the starting quarterback, and the backup behind the rookie for Chicago are better than Colin Kaepernick. Do you even know who is backing up uh, Cam Newton? We know for a fact <laughs> that all of the, the quarterbacks on the Jacksonville Jaguars are trash. Okay, I mean, I'm just I'm just shooting out here. You know what I'm saying? I'm a Philly fan. I'm not entirely sure we have that many uh, great backup quarterbacks. I can see you saying that in Kansas City. They just drafted a kid and Alex Smith is still doing his thing. There's no sense in rocking the boat on that front and bringing in Colin Kaepernick. I get that. Um, In Houston, I mean, you got the kid that just came out from Clemson and the guy who's been there for a while who... You know, seems to steady the boat a little bit, but there might be one spot there for Colin Kaepernick. You know, I mean, Denver, 
<laughs> you know, who's backing up in San Diego? You know, you know what I mean? Like the LA Rams. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, I'm I'm not here to tell you tell you whether or not you know the you know. There are not 64 quarterbacks that are better than Colin Kaepernick. They're just not. And when you try to pull his stats and you try to give this distorted point of view on his stats, the first thing that I'm going to ask of you is make sure you get stats from places like ESPN, um, you know, Fox Sports, um, or, or any of the, the reputable statistician, statistician uh, websites. Because a lot of y'all pulling stats that are from two years ago, and trying to go, oh, this is what he did last year. That's why he's not getting a job. And that's just, that's that's not responsible. By the way, as a side note, a lot of y'all motherfuckers on Facebook pissed me off with posting shit that uh, is not necessarily accurate because you're not even getting it from reputable sites. You know, it's daydaysports.com. And, and, like, somebody posted an article talking about... Um, Harrison from the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers um, had commented, this This is what the, the post said, that uh, Harrison had commented saying that if anybody sits on the Steelers, they better be in the wheelchair. First of all, he didn't say that. Second of all, he said on his Instagram that he didn't say that. Third of all, it's from a bullshit-ass site, so whoever posted it needs to be a bit more responsible before you go reposting shit that you got from bullshit sites. And then there were like six, seven people in the uh, comments calling the man a coon and all this other kind of shit. And I'm like, y'all motherfuckers didn't even bother to look. You just decided to have an opinion about some shit without even finding out whether or not the shit was true or not. So, I mean, how responsible is that of us to just... Be throwing shit out there. But back to Colin. Um, I honestly believe that on a certain level, he is being blackballed. I think that it is a byproduct of cowardice on behalf of the owners. I believe that on a certain level, there's a certain level of legitimacy from the standpoint that the owners don't want to rock the boat and run the risk of alienating a demographic who they feel like spins and would not spend if they put Colin Kaepernick back on the field, which we'll talk about my point of view about the appropriateness of him kneeling and all that in a second. But I think that's there. And I also think that there's a certain level of they don't feel like black folks really are going to protest for any extended period of time relative to how uh, those who are against Colin Kaepernick kneeling might actually protest for an extended period of time. They don't take us seriously. They take them seriously. Because they took us seriously, um, you know, they might be siding with us. Racism, when you start getting to these levels of money spending, is not as simple as, I hate niggas. It, 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 it really boils down to green and what makes money and what don't. You know what I'm saying? There's a certain level of right and wrong, and there is a certain level of I hate niggas that might be present there. But more than anything else, I think it's relative to, uh, you know, what what causes positives and negatives in money. And they're saying, okay, well, we feel like the black folks might be upset that Colin's not on the team, but not as upset, and it won't be as monetarily impactful as 
you know, this group, if you want to say white folks, I don't think all white folks feel that way, but we'll just say white folks, uh, might feel and might protest for an extended period of time and, you know, sell their season tickets and things like that. I, I don't have the stats. I don't know how many black folks have, uh, season tickets to NFL games around the world. And, you know, not saying that we don't buy jerseys because we absolutely do. Um, but, you know, I, I I don't I I think that it just boils down to the fact that they don't think that we're gonna protest as aggressively and as seriously as some other groups uh may um if Colin was on the team. That being said, talk about the appropriateness of Colin protesting. I I personally think he completely within his rights and what he's protesting about is completely justified. You got folks who wanna get get on their high horse and talk about a couple of things. They wanna say Oh, well, you know, uh, you know, how you protest, how I'm not mad at, at what he's protesting, what he's protesting about. I'm mad about how he's going about it. And, and to that, I always ask, how was he supposed to go about it? You know, what was the way that was more appropriate than the way that he decided to do it? It's crazy to me because when you say that to people, okay. Fair enough. You don't like the way he did it. Do you disagree with what he's protesting about? Well, of course not. You know, you know, police brutality is a bad thing. Okay, cool. So you believe that police brutality is a bad thing. You believe that there are some uh, some groups, minority groups that are being mistreated, um, you know, by rogue police officers. You know. So if you believe all of that. And you believe that he has the right to protest. What way would work for you that would also get the message across that it's something that should be taken seriously? Because this had been going on for decades and it didn't resonate with you as much as it did when he decided to do this. So what is a equally as impactful way for him to protest and get your attention? Y'all heard that? That's the same shit that I hear when I ask people that. Silence. So, it's like, yo, like, you can't have it both ways. You can't have everything you want. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to believe that police brutality is wrong and that there are groups of people, usually black and brown people, that are marginalized and mistreated in their interactions with police officers, if you feel like all of that is true, then you cannot knock him for how he protested. And this notion that somehow protesting at your job isn't the way to go about it, that he should do this stuff when he's not at his job. Um, There's a lot of you that when Muhammad Ali passed away, you regarded him as a civil rights leader, this amazing person, and all of this kind of stuff. First of all, y'all didn't like the real Muhammad Ali. Because when Muhammad Ali could talk and tell folks how he thought, he was telling some white folks off and was rubbing them the wrong way. It wasn't until he got Parkinson's and all the other shit and he was shaking and couldn't talk that all of a sudden he became this uh, loving figure that, that everybody appreciated. So let's not let's not get it fucked up. And on top of all of that, what we also have to understand, too, 
is that Muhammad Ali protested on his job about what he was and wasn't going to do and he used the platform that he had obtained because of his job to address the issues that he had about the Vietnam War and not going over there to fight for a group of people who were calling him a nigga in his own country. So, if you if you believe that Muhammad Ali was this great civil rights leader and you respected him, what's your beef with Colin? Because you're looking at Muhammad Ali through a lens. I assure you, when Muhammad Ali made the decision that he made, people did not look at him as a civil rights activist at that point. They looked at him as an entitled nigga who had made some money and now was just trying to show his ass. It wasn't until decades later that he was regarded as this major civil rights leader. So, if in the present moment of what was taking place, he wasn't viewed that way. And we know that because we have history to look back on. Why is it that people can't can't remember that that happened and look at Colin and then see Colin for what he actually is, which is an imperfect human being who wore a shirt, uh, a shirt promoting um, Fidel Castro. So is a person who makes mistakes. Just like Muhammad Ali made some over the top and harsh remarks about white people that probably, you know, even in the midst of trying to get his message off, probably weren't the best things to say. Why can't people be two things at the same time? Why can't Colin be a activist who cares about his community, who at moments and times is flawed? Martin Luther King was flawed. Malcolm X was flawed. Uh, you know, Jesse Jackson is flawed. You know, Al Sharpton is flawed. Uh, Barack Obama is flawed. Uh, all of these people are flawed, but that doesn't negate, you know, their their cultural impacts, their social impacts. Um, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So, I, I'm just curious what the the side that doesn't agree with what Colin was doing thinks is a more appropriate way to do it and if you don't have an answer to that you can't argue the protest simple and plain that being said to tie into the second part of this Marshawn Lynch beast mode apparently which this was unbeknownst to me um, had been sitting at different times not all the time but at different times um, throughout his career over the last 11 years had been sitting during the national anthem. You know, Beast Mode don't talk very much, so you don't know necessarily what that's all about. Um, but I, I think most people know him to be, you know, a bit of a local community activist leader. He does a lot in the Oakland um, about giving back to that community. That seems to be where he focuses a lot of his a lot of his energy. Um, but. Nobody said anything to him. And I think what the difference is, is that some of y'all who are denouncing Colin and not really saying anything about Marshawn, y'all know Marshawn with the shits. That's the difference. Marshawn is with the shits. 
Marshawn will get up there, and if you try to come at him, he'll tell you, fuck you, I'm a grown-ass man. If I want to sit down, I'm going to sit down. If I'm going to stand up, I'm going to stand up. If you don't want to buy a jersey, don't buy a fucking jersey. Nobody gives a shit what you think, motherfucker. Marshawn's that guy. You know, where Colin will be a bit more articulate about how he delivers that message. You know, Marshawn will invite you to his dick. That's just, you know, that's that's the kind of, Marshawn is with the shits. You know, and I think that because Marshawn is with the shits, y'all a little bit more afraid to run up on Marshawn like that. You know, you start to get like Birdman when you run up on Marshawn. Did you run up, did you run up on Rick Ross like that? <laughs> so... Me personally, I don't have a problem with what Colin did. I do feel like Colin is being blackballed. I do feel like it's horseshit when people say things like uh, they don't agree with with how the protest is being done, but have no answers on an alternative protest that will resonate in the same way and invoke the discussion that's being had currently. And those people I generally just kind of ignore and roll my eyes, which is another reason why. When a lot of my friends are giving really thoughtful perspectives on social media, I tend to kind of stay out of it in the public eye because I wanted to always be sure that I articulated myself in the right way and wasn't too emotional in providing my perspective. But that is my perspective. Um, moving on to the next topic. What do we have here? Usher. <laughs> Usher, baby. Um, all right. Everybody knows about the, the alleged herpes situation with Usher. Um, he hasn't really said anything, so I'm hesitant to cast judgment one way or another because we all know that, like, you know, it's one of those things where you want to be cognizant of the fact that people have a right to to privacy especially regarding medical issues and things like that but um you know it's alleged that he has herpes and has given it to multiple people including a guy and all this other kind of stuff um and i think what had been the biggest topic of discussion that i noticed on social media um was the young lady um what was her name uh, Quintasia Sharpton, um, who was saying that she was exposed to Usher sexually um, and, and his herpes, but did not have it. Um, I think since you know, since the time where this originally came out, it's been determined that she has a certain level of maybe mental issues, has a history of making false accusations about romantic relationships with celebrities and things like that. Um, so all that stuff is at play, but that's not really what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about the whole concept about, I guess, uh, people discussing fat shaming and all of this kind of stuff. And to that, I'll say this. Number one, I'm out of shape. Need to lose probably about 40 pounds. Um, you know, and there are probably women out there who don't find me attractive because I'm 40 pounds overweight. I, I never thought to, I never took the perspective or the point of view that, you know, 
those women were fat shaming me, you know, um, it's just, it's not something that I really thought much about. If a chick didn't like me, she just didn't like me. I didn't really, I didn't take it personally. I didn't think too far about it or, or anything like that. I just was like, oh, well, okay. So, you know, that I just, this shit never fucking mattered to me. And I think that we live in a world now where everybody wants to be offended about every fucking thing. You know. And there are really big issues that people need to be offended about. You know. You know, racial insensitivity and things like that. That's some shit we really need to be concerned about. If you fat and you happy that you fat, cool. Be happy that you fat. You know, that ain't for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Some people, I get it. Some people are obese, fat, whatever you want to say, uh, by force because they have medical conditions and all that kind of stuff. But more people are probably fat by choice than by force. And if you are making the choice to not go to the gym, if you are making the choice to not back away from the chocolate cake, if you are making the choice to eat a whole bunch of stuff that is not good for you, and not be mindful of how to manage your body to maintain it over the long term. And it is not a medical issue that's preventing you from to, from doing so. You can't really trip when people say shit to you uh, about being obese and out of shape. That being said, like you and, the, and on the flip side of this, you can't be mad. You can't then turn around too and try to go, oh, well, y'all niggas don't be saying that when y'all be trying to fuck the fat girls. Look, look. I fuck some some big girls, okay? Then there's some pretty big girls out there, okay? Like 100% like stunningly beautiful big girls. But I would like to think that the women that I engage in romantic relationships with that might be obese or overweight or fat or whatever you want to classify them to be are the sort of women that are confident enough to know they ain't talking about me because I ain't built like a fucking sack of potatoes like this broad was. Quantasia, it ain't about her being fat. That bitch is disproportioned. Okay? This shit is not about her being fat. Did you see her? She's disproportioned. It ain't like, you know what I'm saying, she got some really thick thighs and a big old booty. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, she a little fluffy on the waistline, but the proportions are still there. No, that bitch is ridiculous. Okay? That's completely that's a completely different situation than what we talking about. And that shit ain't attractive. But I also saw her I think I saw one of her Twitter pictures where she had all the makeup on and I was like, oh, okay, she pretty in the face. When she put on some makeup and she put a weave in her head. Go ahead. Alright, do your thing, big girl. Do your thing. But I just I'm not cool with living in a world where you know, everything is something shaming. Like, yo, B, I'm fat. I'm 250 and 5 foot 6. I'm fat, bro. But I'm also in the fucking gym. I'm in the gym because I want to fix the situation. Because I remember what it looked like to be fine in 190 pounds. And I want that shit back. You know? Plus, I want to be healthy. You know what I'm saying? My back hurt and all this other kind of shit. So, I, 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 um... I think that um, I think we need to be a little bit more objective about the society that we live in and, and where we all stand. Like, yo, if you're making the choice, that's the game. Like, you know what I'm saying? If you're making the choice to be big and that's that's the lifestyle you choose 
to be because you think that you look good like that and you don't want to go to the gym and you don't want to slim down, cool. And if somebody say something crazy, you know what I'm saying, about big about big girls or, or big guys or something like that, don't even take offense to it because you're making a life choice and you're confident in what you're in. The only people that should be tripping is, is I think it's probably people who... Um, People who are are big and don't have a choice, you know, because it's some sort of medical condition, uh, disabled folks, stuff like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't nobody even need to be coming at them fucked up, you know. But if you got the capacity to fix your situation and live longer, I think you should, man. Because God knows I am. That's my, that's my feelings on that, so... And finally, the uh, the very unfortunate incident in uh, Charlottesville, Virginia. Um, number one, Donald Trump's a pussy. And, you know, I, I know as of this recording on August the 14th, by uh, 5.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, he has gone on TV and denounced the Ku Klux Klan and denounced uh, white supremacist alt-right groups and things like that. He's still a fucking pussy. He a pussy because it took him so long to speak up and finally say something. Because he knew the narrative. He knew how people had viewed what he had said previously. It didn't It didn't happen until all of a sudden you had people pushing back from him and and not fucking with him. That it was like, oh, okay, I need to I need to go out here and I need to present this in a different light. When you could have you could have been tactful. You know, if you weren't sure about what you wanted to say, you could have said nothing at all until you felt like it was appropriate and you had a concise and thoughtful narrative that you wanted to present to the world. But it wasn't until after you had already, you know, shit on Kenneth Frazier on Twitter for uh, stepping down from that council that, that all of a sudden here you come wanting to talk about how you don't support the Ku Klux Klan and white supremacist groups and shit. Like, so get the fuck out of here with that shit, nigga. Um... I'm just, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying what the Cheeto motherfucker is selling. Um, you know, I feel like Donald Trump is a horrible person. I think that uh, people are fools for following him. I I can see why some people might see him as to be charismatic and things like that. Because obviously he's been successful on some level or another. Even with failed businesses. So please don't tag me in all of the bankrupt businesses. I already know about all that. But in order to sustain himself in spite of those failed businesses, there had to be a certain level of, not intelligence, but just charisma and and just relationship building that had to be present there with him. And I think that that's probably what he does well. He has the ability to kind of like engage a crowd when they're standing in front of him. Um, I think that that's what served him well more than anything over the last 35, 40 years. Um but uh, Trump is a horrible person. Um, that being said, uh, the folks from the alt-right groups um, are equally as terrible. I mean, what what took place? I mean, there's there's really no place for that shit in America at all as far as, you know, ha- allowing these uh, racist, uh, despicable groups. The unfortunate reality, though, is in order to provide... Um, you know, for our rights as 
as African Americans, we have to afford people the right to say, you know, the counter arguments. Um, but uh, but I don't think that it should be at the expense of putting people in harm's way. And it seems like when these uh, when these groups show up and they have their rallies and things like that, it ain't like the Black Lives Matter uh, rallies and things like that. Their their rallies tend to become very violent very quickly. And the sad thing is, is that. You know, you got police departments that aren't doing their due diligence to manage through um, these circumstances. And it's and it's unfortunate. You know, you got guys like Richard Spencer out here that are just allowed to basically fuel the flames of of hate, bigotry and violence um, on social media without any uh, repercussions for what they say or what they do. You know what I'm saying? Like. Like, if you know a situation is going to incite violence, why are we allowing that to take place? You know, I I don't want to quell anybody's right to, you know, do whatever it is that they want to do. But if something's going to incite violence and danger amongst people, if something's going to make a complete police department of a city be too pussy to do what they swore they oath to do, which is stand up and protect and serve the people that are in that community... I'm talking to you, Charlottesville, Virginia Police Department, who backed out and left all those people to defend themselves amongst all those alt-right motherfuckers that had guns and shit. Talking to y'all, you bunch of pussies, calling it like I said. Um, If we live in a world where shit like that can take place, obviously the narrative that's being presented is is, is way too dangerous to continue to be presented. I mean... Y'all not y'all ain't with this y'all ain't with this shit when the when the Nazis doing this shit. Y'all not gonna let the uh y'all not gonna let these uh alt right or Nazi Nazism groups. We'll just say something like that. If a motherfucker was walking around protesting, talking about, you know, all Jews needed to be killed and was in a Jewish community doing that shit, y'all would not be with the shits. You just wouldn't. But it just seems like more often than not when it comes to uh Disparaging black folks Oh that shit's all That's good all day long But I mean I guess on a certain level That's our fault Because we We some real As black folks We are some notorious Social media You know You know Protesters We do a whole lot of protesting On social media We ain't down for the protest In real life Hell we can't even get motherfuckers To not watch football For a couple of weeks You got motherfuckers Talking Talking out the side of their neck because now, because everybody has a social media platform, everybody feels like they're educated enough to speak on everything. And some of you are not. You know, including some of the people who went to college. Because you, you lack the tact um, to be able to express your point of view. Um, that being said, it just seems like with black folks, when it comes to this protesting thing and when it comes to standing up for our rights of buying black or... Or, or anything like that We do a whole lot of talking And not a whole lot of walking You know And it's unfortunate Because it seems like What has happened to us is We gained a little bit of freedom White folks told us Hey you can come into the neighborhood And we left our neighborhoods To go over there And you know White folks told us, okay, you can play in Division One, and we left all the HBCUs 
to go play at Florida State. By the way, Bobby Bowden got a lot of what he learned from Jake Gaither. I talked about that on a previous post when I was talking about my dad. So, But we, we, we constantly leave what is ours in order to go somewhere for something new. And the thing about it is the... Uh, the Jewish community, when you talk about when you talk about them, the Irish community, the Asian community, um, they still maintain their own communities while at the same time making use of those resources that are afforded to them about being able to go to school wherever they want to go to and things like that. But they they didn't basically pack up and leave their neighborhoods, and you know, and just let them uh, turn into squalor uh just to be provided those rights they were able to do two things at the same time and we as the black community seem to not have the capacity to do that or we have not done that well over the last 35 years it's unfortunate um but um that was just my point of view on a couple of topics man um i'm sure a lot of people are gonna have a lot of thoughts and a lot of feelings and I'll probably get a lot of comments maybe some hate emails and things like that and I'm sorry if I'm not even sorry if somebody's offended because he's my honest point of view this this is my opinion I'm not looking to argue with nobody I'm just telling you what I think if you came to my podcast to listen to what I had to think that's your fucking problem if you get mad so um, if you want to get in contact with me, man, you can hit me up on the email est1984podcast at gmail.com. You can also hit me up on the Instagram of the same name at est1984podcast. If you want to hit me up personally, you can hit me up on the personal Instagram at Brandon Kobe Jacobs. I am Brandon Kobe Jacobs, and you have been listening to the Established 1984 Podcast. Take care.